Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 88 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for the wisdom in your word. Fill us with an extra measure of wisdom today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's see what's happening in John chapter 20. There's nothing better than reading about the resurrection of Jesus. And we read about that first day when he could not be found in the tomb. Of particular notice is something in verse 7, where the burial napkin, which was around Jesus' head, was not with the other linen cloths, but was rolled up and set by itself. During the time Jesus walked the earth, there was a custom of folding the napkin and setting it aside. If this were done, the servant would know the person was coming back. They weren't finished yet, and their dish was to remain at the table. Jesus leaves a sign that he will be coming back. He isn't finished yet, and we can celebrate that today. John's rendition of this story has Mary at the tomb at dark, and she saw the stone removed. She went to get the other disciples who came, saw the empty tomb, and left. However, Mary stayed. In lingering at the tomb, she was blessed, first with angels who asked her why she was crying, and then Jesus asking her the same question. A question comes up for me. Why did Jesus show up for her and not the disciples who came to the empty tomb upon her beckoning them to? We don't know for sure, but we do know he came to her as she was crying, obviously upset that she couldn't find her Jesus, and he found her. What a tremendous blessing this was for her. It's a stretch to assume, but Jesus taught us that when we seek, we find. She sought Jesus and found him. May we all lean into our Savior a bit more fiercely today. I always like to point out that Jesus greeted his disciples with the words, peace to you, three different times in this chapter. One of the great things he gave to us, other than his greatest gift of forgiveness of sins and eternal life, was peace. Peace to live here on earth. He desires peace for us, another thing we can be encouraged with today. Let's see what Paul writes to the Philippians in chapter 3. He starts off with delight and rejoicing. He writes, delight yourselves in the Lord and continue to rejoice that you are in him. A lovely exhortation. We take delight in the Lord and rejoice in him, especially when things are going well. But we may have a bit more difficulty when things are tough. I believe Paul is encouraging the people to be intentional about our delight and rejoicing in God. Sometimes we just have to put these things on. Then he warns the people for the people being caught up in legalism, specifically legalism when it came to circumcision. He tells his story again of how he was the most legalistic person before God intervened. He now strives to live in Christ, the Christ who had just died and rose in our readings from John. He didn't find righteousness in observing the law, but he knows he is righteous now in Christ, a message we still need to hear today. In verses 13 and 14, he writes, I do not consider, brethren, that I have captured and made it my own yet, but one thing I do, it is to my one aspiration, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the supreme and heavenly prize to which God in Christ Jesus is calling us upward. Paul was such an encourager. Even though he had lived his life as perfectly as he could according to the law, he counted it as loss, a loss for Christ as he learned that Christ was his only gain. Learning about and becoming closer to the Lord was his only aim. 
Being the optimist he was, he encouraged the congregation to press on as he was pressing on. Keep moving forward. He tells us to forget the past in order to move forward. Forget what happened or what had been done to them. This takes courage. It takes courage to move past our mistakes and past the difficulties we have faced. His words straining forward to what lies ahead are indicative of how difficult it is to move forward instead of looking back. Straining is hard. When we strain a muscle or tendon, we hurt, and it takes time to heal. But we do heal. Paul says this strain and pain is necessary to move forward. He tells us to press on toward the goal to win the prize which God in Christ Jesus is calling us upward. The prize of eternal life. Yeah, this temporary life falls so short of the long-term goal of eternal life. Eternity with our Lord, the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Now that is something to strive for. Let's see what's happening in Deuteronomy chapter 23. Moses instructs them about who cannot enter into the assembly of the Lord. Certain nations would never be permitted to enter, and some who could enter only after a number of generations had passed. Then Moses gives them instructions about how to keep their camps clean for the Lord to be able to walk in. There are lots of do's and don'ts listed. God desires relationship with them, and he desires his presence be with them. For that to happen, they have to follow his instructions. Reading all these show us just how much the Lord desired to be with them and what lengths he went to make it happen. As we reflect on his son's death and resurrection we are reading about, we can see the Lord went to every length to ensure he could be in relationship with us too. Let us be grateful for his vast efforts to reside within us. In Deuteronomy chapter 24, there are more rules to follow, and Moses tells it all from what to do with a woman a husband doesn't like to the repercussions of kidnapping to leprosy. We see God's compassion as Moses tells the people to pay the poor who worked for them on the day they worked. There was no withholding of wages for the poor person who needed the wages he earned that day. Then he instructed them to leave food in the fields, olives on the trees, and grapes on the vine for the poor, the widows, and the temporary residents. In verse 22, he said, You shall earnestly remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. Therefore, I command you to do this. They were to take care of one another. Remember where they came from. Psalm 88 was written by Heman, who was chosen by King David to be one of the lead singers in the tabernacle. He was in a very sad state here. One commentary suggests Heman wrote this psalm when Solomon's son Rehoboam was king. He was not as wise as his father was, and he didn't take the advice of the older, wiser men either. Heman was one of the men he wouldn't listen to. Here was the dilemma. The people asked for less taxation. Rehoboam asked the older, wiser men what to do. They advised him to reduce the taxes. The younger so-called wise men told Rehoboam to increase the taxes even more, make it more burdensome on the people. Well, Heman was destitute because Rehoboam took the advice of the younger wise people. He was more than destitute. He was hopeless. This psalm is said to be the saddest psalm of all 150 of them with no resolution as some of them, like King David's had. Even though King David went through difficult times, he still believed God would save him, and he did. The only light in this tunnel in Psalm 88 is in verse 13, which says, But to you I cry, O Lord, and in the morning shall my prayer come to meet you. Then he goes back to the pain and agony and defeat. We may feel the same way at times, but we still know that our Lord hears our prayers. Let us lay our burdens at the Lord's feet today and allow him to do what only he can do. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, thank you for your word so that we learn more about you and your powerful yet merciful nature. 
We praise you as we read about Jesus' resurrection today. Thank you for making a way for us to be yours. Help us follow you, Father. Mold and shape us to be the people you desire us to be. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.